Radio, the pop from the left and right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. If you're listening live as well, you could always join us in the chat room, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Sign in with your free blogtalkradio.com account. And you can join us at the bottom of the episode page and be able to leave your comments and questions there. Finally, if you are listening, also if you're watching on YouTube, you could always remember to subscribe to Liberal Dan Radio here on YouTube and make sure to join us in the chat here and you can leave your comments and questions, etc. there as well. But if you're listening after the live broadcast, you could always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc over on the show thread at liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff to discuss today on the show, uh, including a uh, uh, brand new project that we're going to be working on. Uh, we'll get to that at the bottom half of the hour. I'm very much looking forward to talking about that and seeing where we're going to go with all of that. We're also going to be talking a little bit about um, we're spending a little extra time this week on our extra, extra large, supersized, whatever you want to call it, words of redneck wisdom. Uh, so that's coming up as well. Uh, but first, we would like to do this week's headlines. The GOP in the Senate have blocked a voting rights bill for the third time this year. More on that later. Uh, but the Senate is also trying to block more appointments by President Biden as well. Speaking of which, this week's hypocrite of the week is Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who opposes Suffolk County District Attorney Rachel Rollins' nomination to be the next U.S. Attorney for Massachusetts for supposedly being tough on crime. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, by rejecting a bipartisan January 6th commission, has proven that he is the ultimate in softness on crime and has no room to be criticizing others. To see who next week's hypocrite of the week will be, Tune in to Liberal Dan Radio, talk from the left, that's right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. And I think I may have misworded this week's hypocrite of the week, because uh, not, I, said, I don't know if I said not being tough on crime, or if I said being tough on crime, he criticized her for being supposedly soft on crime, uh, but he again is soft on crime because he refused to do anything uh, about forming a bipartisan commission to deal with the January 6th insurrection. And that's why he is, again, this week's hypocrite of the week uh, as well. Reigning cha- and re- re- reigning and repeat champion of the week. Uh, carving pumpkins, fun, fun, fun. Sadie Sins and Demonox are carving some pumpkins. Uh, are you going to roast up the pumpkin seeds? They're, they're not typing much, so I guess when you can, type when you can, but there is gooey pumpkin guts all over the, the Demonox and Sadie Sins household. Uh, so there you go. Thank you for joining the podcast. I'm, I'm very glad that you joined this week because I'm very excited to be talking about the project that we'll be going into in the bottom half of the hour. Um, more back to the headlines. Colin Powell passed away from COVID. Say what you want about his actions pertaining to the Iraq war, but what was the least shocking thing about it was the way that former President Donald Trump managed to find a way to make it all about him. Speaking about Trump, the Trump Organization, which is already under indictment, is now facing another criminal inquiry into his New York golf club this time. Shocker. Brian Laundrie's possessions were apparently found near the remains of a human body. No confirmation 
on yet if this was him or not or how the individual found died. Of course, the true crime people might be suggesting that it might not be laundry and that maybe he left the items near the body of somebody else to try and get away with his crimes or alleged crimes. Whether or not this is his body or not remains to be seen. Finally, today is International Pronouns Day. I am Dan, and my pronouns are he, him. Remember that you should always use the pronouns that an individual says that they use. It would be disrespectful to them for you not to. And if you reject the singular form usage of they, them, listen to my last two sentences over and over again until you get it. And that was this week's headlines. So we do have several topics of conversation to talk about this week. Um, so normally I don't go back, go to the commercial break this quickly, but I do have a lot to discuss about words of redneck wisdom and words of redneck wisdom is a little long this week. So let's just go ahead and take the first commercial break and come back and take your calls as well. It's 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out Budgeteers.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But Budgeteers is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out Budgeteers.com or go to YouTube.com slash Budgeteers and help make your trip the best it can be. Budgeteers.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the liberal band radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show, mmm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, you can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok, and you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. 
Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2, where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat, and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. Letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. Welcome back to Liberal Band Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131. <laughs> that is 914-803-4131. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree, uh, Demonox. I do hope that guy uh, does a po- new podcast soon. That would be good. Shouts out to Demonox, the first Liberal Band Radio Patreon. Uh, also, shouts out to Cesar and to your boy, Chris who also both support the show. And again, a big much love to my little brother, the host of Most Nimbus Yosh with the Percy Podcast. Uh, hopefully we will get another episode of the smooth sounds of the Percy Podcast uh, very soon. I, it's been too long since I've been told to mind my butter. So, uh, Sadie Finn says during the commercial break that I look bored during my commercials, which sometimes I'm just kind of just looking at other websites to try and, you know, get last minute information uh so maybe seriously looking at those things or sometimes i'm just you know sometimes i'm just waiting for the commercial break to be over (laughs) one of the two anyway so um let's see so before we get to the words of redneck wisdom because i do want to give a little bit of a break between uh the commercial break and the four minute long words of redneck wisdom (sighs) Um, you'll see my eyes roll a lot during that, by the way, because it did during the, my initial hearing of the unedited audio, because um, it was more than four minutes of blathering that took place on the radio the other day. Um, for, you know, recently the show has become a, a little bit Kyle Rittenhouse focused. Uh, you know, did a whole episode, <clears throat> did, a, did one episode on it, did another partial episode on it. I didn't want to kind of advertise this one because I didn't want to get bogged down again with Rittenhouse, even though, you know, his trial starting soon. And, and we probably will return to that topic. Um, I'm probably am going to make a video about this audio uh, that I was able to find. Um, and I do want to let, let's go ahead and play the audio first. And then we'll get into why it's important and some issues that, is go, are, that are going on with that audio. First and foremost, this this is Kyle Rittenhouse, as reported on the news, that this is Kyle Rittenhouse sitting in a vehicle outside of some store. I forget what store is at the time because I don't have the video in front of me at the moment. Uh, but him and a friend sitting watching people shoplifting or something or looting. I don't know. But here you go. It looks like one of them has a weapon. There you go. I haven't said Kyle Rittenhouse's name three times, or have I? I don't know. I think I'm going to say it three times the trolls appear. Maybe like Beetlejuice or Candyman? Like Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse. No? No one's coming? Okay, I guess it's not like uh, 
the uh, or saying Haster, Haster, Haster. I guess for Cthulhu. Um, nerd alert. Anyway, but if you listen to what Rittenhouse said right there, he wishes he had his effing rifle on him. So because he would shoot rounds at these people. Kyle Rittenhouse right then and there tells the entire world, because now this video is available on YouTube, tells the entire world about what he feels, how he would use his weapon if he had his weapon, that he would fire rounds at people. He would use deadly force for that. He would use deadly force for that. So if he would use deadly force for that, why wouldn't he inappropriately used deadly force. I, I would believe then he, if he believes that you could use deadly force at that moment, then that tells me that he would use deadly force in other moments as well. You basically have gotten a view into the mind of Kyle Rittenhouse and when he believes it's okay to fire a weapon. And the, the, the thing that bothers me the most about this, other than the fact that he would shoot people for, for, for what they were doing, for looting or shoplifting or whatever, the biggest problem I have with it, in when as it pertains to the trial, is that the video was not allowed to be entered into evidence. Come on, if anything shows his mental state, if anything shows his lack of respect of life, if anything shows how much disdain he had for those people and what he would do if he had his gun right there. It tells you that video to me should be enough to show motive to show that he had what his intents were because he, he told us what his intent was. He, if he, if he was in a situation with a gun, he would fire rounds. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Demodox, as Lady Sin suggests, says that Demodox shows the Trump defense. That's not what I said. That's not what he said, but if he said it, then that's what he meant. But if he was, then he was joking. So and I'm sure that's what the defense is. I haven't seen the, the evidentiary hearing as to whether or not that video should be allowed to be played and see what arguments. Um, I'm sure maybe, maybe the defense said that there was no way to prove that he was serious or not. I don't know. I don't know why the judge. I'll have to do some more investigation into that. But, I mean, come on. He would fire rounds into those people or at those people. That's deadly force. It's an inappropriate use of deadly force. You are not allowed to use deadly force to protect people's property. Discussed this before on the show. I have video. I have, I have several videos about that as well. You can check out uh, Liberal Dan Radio, YouTube.com slash Liberal Dan Radio. And you can watch those videos, like them, share them. Remember to subscribe to the channel as well because, hey, we need to get subs up. So anyway, we're in the time of COVID and we still have a bunch of COVID deniers and science deniers. And what's scary is that people that are so supposedly doctors, like people that are supposedly doctors uh, are not wanting to accept science. Like I love, you know, somebody posted some, some meme where I was like, let me get this straight. Uh, the cops who don't want to protect the public by va- getting vaccinated are leaving the job where they were supposed to help the public. The, the doctors who are supposed to respect medical science are not respecting medical science, and so they're going to quit. And, and the teachers 
that are supposed to protect kids and educate kids are are leaving because they don't want to protect the kids and, and they listen to things that are not based in any sort of education. I don't see the problem in this. That's great. Let's see. It's technically not pertinent because it was a different day or at least a different event, and therefore he could have been in a different mindset technically. Maybe. I mean, that, that would be up, up for the defense to make that argument, or it would up to be up to the prosecution to prove that this shows that his set, and they would have to prove a jury beyond any sort of reasonable doubt that this, that he didn't commit those crimes, and, if, and perhaps that would cause what would be reasonable doubt to flip to unreasonable doubt. Maybe it's it's the little thing that maybe it's the thumb on the scale. I'm gonna say the thumb on the scale because the thumb on the scale is not a, a legit thing. It's not something that you do that's good. But maybe it's the thing that just you know the, the the extra grain of sand or the the straw that broke breaks the camel's back and gets the jury to say, okay, with this video, we show that he has disdain for human life, that he uh, had had negative feelings about those people, and that he would have shot them that day. So. Why would we not believe that he would wanted to shoot them for doing what they were doing the next day as well? Anyway, let's go ahead and play this week's words of red. And anybody watching on YouTube, and if it's a YouTube censor or whatever who doesn't like, you know, YouTube playing anti-vax stuff, just I'm just letting you know that I'm playing this to criticize it. Uh, just in case you want to be like Facebook, uh, I'm playing this to criticize it. I'm not playing this because I agree with it. Without further ado, well, okay, I guess with further ado, now, without further ado. And now, words of redneck wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Most Texans have been free, even when some of the very uh, communist authorities in our cities, this the Democrats, were trying to force people to wear a mask and to lock down. Um, True Texans stood up and just said, hell no. And uh, we just pressed on. I've got I have a sign on my building that says, mask-free zone, no mask required. Please take off your mask. That's the way I operate. And uh, But things are a whole lot better now. Uh, the governor, our governor, who's a Republican, has two very conservative um uh, opponents in the upcoming primary, and he's all of a sudden seen the light. So he did away with the mask mandate, which I had sued him for, and uh, he's now saying that he's going to forbid businesses from mandating people to take the uh, kill shot, the experimental right. injection. I, I say far away from this experimental gene-modifying injection as you would a West Texas rattlesnake. You don't want to be around those. You don't want to be around the shot. Let me tell you why. It does two things. It hijacks your cells with a with a genetically modified product called RNA that causes your cells to produce the spike protein that is carried by the virus, which you don't want to get in your body. You don't want that. But now your body's going to be producing the very spike protein that makes people sick. That's why there have been at least, well, in recorded various reports somewhere on the order of 20,000 deaths related to the vaccine. We know only 1% of the population even reports adverse events. Right. So you can multiply that by 100. There could be 2 million deaths, could be 10%, could be 200,000 deaths. 
this is what they did. They scared the population with COVID. They should have let it run its course and have natural immunity like Sweden did. We'd have been fine. Instead, they pushed this vaccine, which is totally ineffective. It has breakthrough all over the place. All these variants and mutants, mutations that have, that have developed as a result of this uh, so-called vaccine. It's not a vaccine. It's a gene-modifying shot. And what has happened, now people are spreading it, transmitting it, that have, the, that have had the shot. Look at Colin Powell had two shots, and he died. Now he's 85. My gosh, for crying out loud, most of the people that do die, 50% of them are, over, are 80 or above. Right. But he, he dies, and here's what they said. Well, he should have got a booster. And listen, the other thing, besides the spike protein, it has graphene oxide. Graphene oxide is in the shot, in all the four shots. And graphene oxide is a strand of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. It's the thinnest strand known to man. It's strong strand. It goes into your body, and, it cre- and it's metallic. And so it, it also there's iron oxide in it. It attracts, it attracts electromagnetic waves. Experimental. They found parasites, tripasona. Parasites have been found in it oh, yeah. with electron microscopy, but the graphene oxide, my friend, is is going to connect people to the Internet of Things. You've got to get rid of the graphene oxide. It'll tear up your body physically, and it will give one-worlders. It's going to give them an opportunity to have mind control using 5G. Wow. And this concludes Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. That may very well be, I think, the second time that I've had to use the entirety of the song, Little Night Music. I think that's the second time I've had to use the... The, the entirety of the song. To, and I had to edit his stuff down because it was about a good four minutes and 30 seconds of malarkey. And, you know, this is a no malarkey zone. Uh, so, uh, so one of the first things, and this is relating to him with his communism or whatever, but they like to interchange communism and socialism. And I, I find that the more people that criticize socialism by using incorrect definitions of socialism, uh, tend to want to make more people be socialists, i.e. the best salesmen for socialism are the people who don't understand it and who are afraid of it. And they'll be like, socialism does this, this, and this. I'm like, okay, that sounds good to me. <laughs> what, uh, your description of socialism sounds awesome. <laughs> Let's do it. Anyway, so this guy is a doctor. He's a doctor in Texas. Dr. Steve Hotsey, Hotsey or whatever his name is, left a voicemail last year for Governor Abbott that the National Guard should shoot to kill rioters. So him, I guess, Hotsey and Rittenhouse would be good buddies. Um, There's a warning letter on the FDA website from the FDA about so-called Hotsey vitamins. Uh, Dr. Stephen Hotsey, which is weird because there's a a song that has Hotsey-Anu that's uh, uh, in the the lyrics for... uh, Passover, and so I'm wanting to sing the, the Hotsianu song, but when I say Stephen Hotsi, but that's a little side, side, side bar right there. Dr. Stephen Hotsi tries to sell these Hotsi vitamins as a treatment to COVID-19. Uh, perhaps this is why he's so insistent that people not take the vaccine. He wants you to buy his snake oil instead. Instead. 
Sadie uh, <laughs> says, oh, no, is that mind controlled through 5G? Man, and this, uh, this is like coming full circle because I remember back in January or early February uh, when I, I remember listening to the radio show that I got this from and there was somebody who called in and he was talking about how they're going to use the excuse of the vaccine to inject at that time microchips uh, to into our, the bodies, our bodies to, to track us via 5G. Not that they can't do that with our cell phones, but yeah, that, that, that's been the, the longest running paranoia about this whole thing was that they're going to use COVID to try and get 5G. Now it's the people and, and now mind control them with graphene oxide. Woo, buddy. Um, but, so let's start with like the big one first. Uh, he claims that the, 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 the vaccine causes um, spike proteins from COVID to go into your body. And you don't want spike proteins in your body. That's what he says. He says you don't want them. But then he goes on to say that we want, we should have gone through and gotten natural immunity, or we should have let everybody just be affected like Sweden. Now he forgets that Sweden's experiment was a failure, a big failure. It did not work. It was, it did not, it was not what they thought it was going to be. It, it failed. Uh, furthermore, if, if you're wanting people to get the virus to try and reach herd immunity, which doesn't always happen, but everybody catching the virus, but he wants people to catch the virus, that he, he wants people to get spike proteins in them. So you're going to get the spike proteins in you either way. So if you're getting the spike proteins in you either way, then the whole thing of, well, do you, do you take, get them via the vaccine or do you get them via getting the natural immunity? It's moot at that point. So that, that just blows a hole in this, doctors. I mean, I'm guessing he has a medical degree because he is often referred to as Dr. Stephen Hotsey. Fine. So uh, charlatans apparently are allowed to act with impunity in Texas. Uh, there was uh, We watched a TV series uh, inspired by real-life events called Dr. Death. Um, I think it was on the Paramount Network or maybe it was on the Peacock Network. One of the two. Um, but yeah, um, about them basically letting a doctor just continue to operate operate as a uh, chiropractor or whatever, chiropractor surgeon, um, I think. And they just you know, don't give a crap. Apparently it's hard to get rid of bad doctors in Texas or anywhere else for that matter because of you know things that they do to protect from lawsuits and stuff. Uh, Hosey claimed that RNA is something that is manufactured. RNA is naturally occurring. Uh, he claims RNA is used in gene therapy. RNA can't do that. It can't alter or be converted into DNA for so-called gene therapy. According to Donald Forthall, US, UCA professor of medicine and molecular, molecular biology and biochemistry at UC Irvine. I'm not trying to tell you Dan Zimmerman, computer software developer uh, and political activist. I'm not, I'm not, it's not my opinion. This is coming from the professor of medicine and molecular biology and biochemistry at UC Irvine. The claim that vaccines contain graphene oxide came from a rejected analysis of one vial, supposedly of the Pfizer vaccine, and that vial's chain of custody prior to testing can't be verified, i.e. 
somebody might have put some graphene oxide into the vial that contained, I think, one additional dose. And the, some doctor tested that and said, oh, there's graphene oxide, but it, there's, it can't be proven. And there's no, the, the Pfizer basically says that there's no graphene oxide in our vaccine. Now, people would say, well, you do trust the pharmaceuticals. No, I don't trust pharmaceuticals, but I trust everyone else basically to say, okay, if, if these people have graphene oxide, it would be in it. And if there was going to be a study that showed graphene oxide being in, as being in vaccines, it would re- require the use of several vials of vaccine, testing all of them in a controlled uh, experiment where you have a chain of custody that is, that is clear and marked and that people can follow and verify that nobody tampered with it. Um, supposedly, the vaccine has parasites in it. According to the director of clinical parasitology at the Mayo Clinic, uh, the, the image that supposedly purports to show a parasite in the vaccine is not a picture of a parasite. So there you go. The, the expert on parasites is telling you it's not a parasite. I'm sure they'll continue to say it anyway, but there you go. Um, a later caller to Jeff show, I didn't have enough time to include it in this one. It was, I think, the next caller said that the vaccine also contains aluminum. Let's be clear. The vaccine supposedly has spike proteins, microchips, parasites, aluminum, and graphene oxide, the latter being used for mind control by the Illuminati. And they wonder why they don't, we don't take them seriously. And they wonder why we laugh at them. You know, one of the things about, you know, a conspiracy theory, if you want to make a good conspiracy theory, uh, I'll give you a newsflash as to how it gets, how you can do it. It has to be plausible. It has to, you have to sit here and think, you know, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's possible. It could have happened. Did it happen? Not sure. Could it happen? Sure. All of these happen? No. But these folks have problems with conspiracy theories from day one. The conspiracy theory about whether or not Barack Obama was a, uh, eligible to be president included both that he was not a natural-born citizen because of his, his mom and how old she was when he was born and how long she had lived in Florida at the time and blah, blah, blah. But that also he lost his citizenship when he lived in Indonesia and his parents and he attended school out of the country and attended high school out of the country. Now, how do you both claim that you weren't a citizen at birth, but then also claim that you lost the citizenship? If you lost the citizenship, how can you lose a citizenship that you didn't have? Which reminds me, I forgot to bring this up during headlines, but this is a good, good one to go into, I guess, before the break. After, we'll talk about the chat comments and just get to those as well. But what's him call it? Uh, Donald Trump's attorney, Lynn Wood, is feuding with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Lynn Wood says that Marjorie Taylor Greene is part of the CCCP. He called her a communist. And the reason that Marjorie Taylor Greene is supposedly a communist um, is the fact that she says, that Biden should be impeached. And because, because she says that Biden should be impeached, that's her admitting that the, that the presidency was validly won by Joe Biden, i.e. that he is a valid president, because you could only impeach a valid president. 
Therefore, by her saying that he needs to be impeached, she's saying that the presidency is currently valid, and he says it's not valid. So because she is opposing Donald Trump's claims that the vaccine, that the uh, election was stolen, she is somehow a communist. I guess she's 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 a liberal now, folks. Marjorie Taylor Greene, according to Linwood, is a leftist. I guess everyone's a leftist as someone if you're so far to the right. Let's see. Before we hit the break, this will be controversial, but I feel like the whole respect religious beliefs without evidence has opened the doors to respect outright BS claiming to be science. This country loves hucksters. They have these leaps and demand you to believe that in the Illuminati to believe in 5G mind control. They don't see the web they get caught in. Uh, that's why they're self-destructive based on their own twisted logic. Yeah. But yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. The, uh, I don't think it's controversial at all. Um, it's part of the reason why the Hobby Lobby lawsuit uh, over the oral contraception, oral contraception, easier for me to say, um, that the Supreme Court or the courts allowed Hobby Lobby to do something that they should have never allowed them to do. Hobby Lobby said that our religious belief is that we can't support um, paying for the birth control pills because because it is our beliefs that you can't uh, fund anything that prevents a, an embryo from implanting into the uterine raw because that's morally equivalent to an abortion because you already have a fertilized embryo. Fertilized egg is already there. But here's the thing. It used to be the belief by the manufacturers of these birth control pill companies or the pharmaceutical companies and other people as well that, the, that this is how – birth control pills work, that birth control pills either prevented ovulization, fertilization, or implantation. But recent studies have shown, or more recent studies have shown, that there's no evidence that birth control pills or the morning after pill prevents implantation, that it only is effective in preventing ovulation or fertilization. So if it only does those two and it doesn't do the, la- the last one, then it doesn't stop an implanted embryo. Uh, from in, from implanting into the uterine wall, so therefore it's not the quote moral equivalent of an abortion. So by but they should but they allowed them to make the argument that that's what it did. That birth they they believed that they believed that it did that. So then that's that's the two big now. Granted, I don't want to get into a whole discussion as to why the argument that they sh- that they're that they are paying. For the birth control pills that would be on their health insurance plan is BS. But to really quickly explain that, every benefit that you get as an employee is paid for by your labor and nothing else. Your labor pays for everything. Your labor pays for the money that comes home with you on your check. Your labor pays for all of the benefits that you pay for that show up on your check. Your labor pays for the benefits are don't show up on the check, but that the company pays for as an expense because there's a cost of employment. And whether you bring home this, this is on your check, this is the cost of employment, your labor pays for the cost of employment as the whole. So therefore, it's only your work as an employee that is paying for that. However, we're not debating that topic. We're debating the topic of what they should have been allowed to bring in the court. And they should have never been allowed to make an argument in court about them, believe, about them, them believing a pro, how a process works. They can say, if this process does this, 
then we believe that would be morally equivalent of abortion. That's why we oppose it. But they shouldn't be able to say our belief system says that this is the process. They should have to prove that that's the process in order for them to claim the sincerely held religious belief that that's, that that's the process, so therefore we oppose it. And that's one of the problems with what I have with the Hobby Lobby ruling and with a lot of other things where people are allowed to basically say, okay, well, I believe the earth is flat, so therefore I shouldn't blah, 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 blah. I believe that, that speed, my religion says that speed limits are arbitrary, so I shouldn't. Like, no. Like, you, should, you shouldn't be able to claim a belief to counteract a fact, to counteract a, a verifiable process. So, yeah, evidence hasn't stopped these groups from believing, so why birth control the line now beyond misogyny? Uh, well, it's the same thing as the whole vaccine. The people that don't want to take the vaccine because they don't want to get injected by fetal, fetus cells when they, it's clear that the fetus cells are only used in the creation of uh, the, the development of the vaccine. It's, those cells are not inside the vaccine to begin with. Furthermore, those people hypocritically take Tylenol and they take Benadryl and Preparation H and various other medicines that have been developed using these fetal stem cell lines. So, but they don't care, again, because they, want, they don't want to be, they're not going to stop taking the Tylenol. They're going to continue to take the Tylenol, but they're going to continue to fight against body autonomy because, you know, misogyny is, is one of the cornerstones of the Republican Party. Anyway, let's go ahead and take our... Oh, good. We haven't had a phone call, so I wasn't looking at, the, at that screen for a while. Let's go ahead and take our second commercial break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about stopping the coup and the new Liberal Dan Radio Project and why I'm super excited about it. Taking your calls as well, 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Off from the left. That's right. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life, talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will? <laughs> Catch you on the team. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan.com. This is Amber Petrovich, a.k.a. Just Capital, talking investing and finance in the Just Capital Minute. 
then refined the brokerage Robinhood, a record $70 million for, among other things, lapses in customer service. This brings up an important issue. Which brokerage should you use and how do you choose one? There are several things to think about when you're choosing or switching to a brokerage. The first one is fractional share trading. Some brokerages that offer fractional or partial shares are Schwab, Robinhood, Fidelity, and Interactive Brokers. The second thing to consider is what the brokerage's interest rate is for trading on margin, i.e. borrowing from your broker. The higher your account balance, the lower interest rate you will typically pay to trade with margin. The average rate is about 5%. The third thing to consider is research. How much market information, including news, technical, and fundamental data, do you want? Do you want interactivity in your charts? Do you want a social experience? Then Webull may be the one for you. This has been the Just Capital Minute. Build wealth and fight the wealth gap. And welcome back to Little Dan Radio Talk for the Last That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. You can also listen live uh, and leave your questions and comments in the chat, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Go to sign in with your free blogtalkradio.com account. Uh, leave your comments in on the show thread at the bottom of the page. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can leave your comments in the YouTube chat as well, where we currently have Sadie Sins and Deminox uh, joining us and, and carving pumpkins and interjecting with their fine quality content as they tend to do. Uh, so, but the sh- topic of the show is stop the coup. So what are we talking about? So on the show, we've talked about gerrymandering, talked about, I have a GOP coup series uh, with several videos on the way, voter suppression, et cetera. So let's, let's talk about a little bit about, about those topics, then we'll get to the meat as to what we're doing. So coming soon on my YouTube channel, we're going to be having a series of videos, and this is going to be an unbiased and as nonpartisan as I can be, um, look at gerrymandering in this country, state by state. And we're going to first start off by looking at gerrymandering state by state and say, which state does poorly when it comes to gerrymandering? Which state does well or does well when it comes to gerrymandering? Which, which states give the house of representatives is supposed to be the people's house. It's supposed to give people the, their say. Now I've already discussed on a previous show as to why um, I believe that the, we should have a hundred more seats in Congress currently. So um, I don't know if I, I'm going to make a video about that as well. We have talked about it on the show, but we had a show previously where if you basically, if you take one Wyoming, worth of votes and make that your base district. And then you figure out how many Wyoming's worth of votes of a po- population a, a uh, state has. And then you round to the nearest Wyoming, you then add 100 more seats to the House of Representatives in order to more adequately represent the fact that if Wyoming is this match and that's, that's what we're going to give one vote for, then we could 
we could we could do that, and we'll get we would get a hundred more seats in the House of Representatives, and that would give a better representation of the population of each state, uh, and as they represent Congress. Of course, it doesn't stop the gerrymandering at all. But the 435 number that we have is completely artificial and antiquated and needs to change. Um, but so what we're doing with the gerrymandering video, though, is we're going to go again. We're going to go state by state by state. And we're going to say we're going to based off of the current seats, the 435 number, not what it should be, the 535 number. Um, so there would be at that point, if we did it my way, we'd have 635 electoral votes. Actually, if we did it my way you'd make Wyoming like four and then you'd make Congress that much bigger, um, cut their pay. And so, so get like real people working in Congress instead of, you know, the rich folks. And then, and then you'd actually have a much better representation of the people as well, assuming you didn't gerrymander. Um, but anyway, so here, let's see, Harold's last time. Do we have the power to make the system more fair as suggested? I mean, we would technically would have the power to increase the number of seats in Congress. Uh, the Constitution grants Congress the authority to do that, and they can very well do that. They've just settled on the arbitrary number of 435. Um, so we should also have, actually, we should have four, 538 if you gave D.C. statehood. <laughs> or have you, you'd have 438 if you gave D.C. statehood. So that's, that, that's something that I need to jot down on my, on my thing to say, okay, DC, what's DC, what's DC's representation? Because they get a say in the electoral college, they don't get a say in Congress because they're not considered a state, so therefore they don't have a vote. But here's one spoiler, spoiler alert from the set of videos that are coming forward. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven states that accurately and adequately uh, do do represent their their congressional districts properly as they should in Congress. And the reason why is because there's only one congressional vote from each state. There's only one seat in, in the House of Representatives for those states. So therefore, it's the, whoever gets the majority gets the seat. And there you go, because they only have one. Um, but the rest of the states, we're, we, we we're going to be taking a look we're going to go down from the lowest population or from the from two seats, three seats, four seats, all the way up to California. And we're going to be doing an analysis. And I already have this all done on a spreadsheet. We'll be doing an analysis on, like, we'll look, we'll look at the last election. We're going to look at what percentage of the state voted for Biden. Um, the Puerto Rico statehood thing that Sadie Sims brings up in the – in the chat is, is also something that's interesting. Uh, I know somebody from Puerto Rico and it's very political as to why they don't get statehood. And it's not simply just our issue. When it comes up for a vote, there are, there are powerful interests in Puerto Rico that vote, that encourage people to vote against statehood. And will say, you should vote against statehood because of this, this, and this, because they benefit financially from them not being a state. So they convince the voters that they should not be a state and they should not get representation in Congress because of that. So Puerto Rico is, is, can be, is not as necessarily as simple as we're not, it's not necessarily as simple as we're not going to, uh, we're not going to give them a seat for, for reasons. It, it's them rejecting the seat sometimes as well. But anyway, we're going to be looking at how each state voted Biden versus Trump. And we're going to say, okay, Joe Biden 
we'll look at Idaho for a second. That's probably going to be the second or third video. Idaho, 32% of, or 33% of Idaho voted for Biden. 63% of Idaho voted for Trump, voted for Trump. So that's a difference of 30.69. Okay. Idaho has no congressional representation for the Democratic Party. So how do you figure that out? Do you say, well, it's almost, Biden almost had a third. So it depends how you draw that line through the state, which will determine whether or not the Democrats should have one or not. Um, According to my calculations or my metrics that I'm using when determining this, I'm basically figuring out, you know, how many, how much population exists per district. And then if the minority party of the state has more than half of one of those districts, then that, then that means that they should have a seat. So if there is, so with 30, 32% or 33% of the state of Idaho voting for Democrats, there should be at least one seat. But then you would say, well, Dan, but there's only two seats. So therefore, you're going to basically make the Republicans underrepresented. But we're going to be looking at this from a, from a macro point of view, from how it, because since it's supposed to be the people's house, we're going to be looking at it from, from, a, from a nationwide level. As, and so some of those things will, will potentially average each other out. One of the reasons that I kind of talk about this is Louisiana, where I live, um, there is a floor of about 33%, where if you're a Democrat running statewide, you're probably going to get at the, at the very least 33%. Now, we have a Democratic governor. He's pro-life, so he sucks that way. Um, but we have a Democratic governor. We, we've done better during COVID in some portions, at least, uh, because of the Democratic governor who put in place things that should have been put in place. Um, but you know, we have, but the minimum in my mind was 30, around 33, 35% of the state are Democrats. So therefore we should have at least two seats in Congress, but we only have one. Now, if you do a comparison in Louisiana, and this will be the last, I guess, spoiler from this one. If you do a comparison of Louisiana, you say, okay, Joe Biden got 40% of the vote, and Donald Trump got 58% of the vote. So there was a difference of about 19%, 18 and 19%. And so one seat should be about 16%. So in reality, if you, if you, if you look at that and say, okay, one seat equals about 16%, and the difference between the two was... 18%, well, shouldn't that mean that there should be a difference of one? There should be one more Republican than Democrat in the state of Louisiana in the House? Well, that's mathematically impossible because there's an even number of seats because we lost a seat in 2010. So, but they've gerrymandered even more so. You have a very large district that goes from New Orleans, winds up the Mississippi River all the way to Baton Rouge and covers Baton Rouge as well, and that's the one Democratic seat. So when we should have a difference of one, we have a difference of four. Yes, difference of four. There's five Republicans and one Democrat. 
So that's how badly Louisiana. So when it comes to bad, poorly gerrymandering, Louisiana is a very bad state when it comes to gerrymandering. Um, I guess I guess I'll give one more. State of Colorado has seven seats. Fifty-five uh, percent of Colorado voted for Joe Biden. Forty-one, forty-two percent voted for. Donald Trump. If you look at the number of reps that they have, it's four. The number of reps that they should have is four. So Colorado is a state that does it correctly. So we're going to look, we're going to make videos for every single state. So it's going to be a long project, but this is not the main project I'm talking about. This is going to be part of what's supporting this project that I'm talking about. So we're going to be looking at gerrymandering and how bad gerrymandering is in this country. And there are, there are people that do it in both parties, but, but the Republican Party does it much worse. And if you go look at my GOP coup series, you'll see examples of – I've already talked about like Ohio in that GOP coup video series where I talk about all the different ways. I talk about Supreme Court rulings that threw out the Voting Rights Act ridiculously. I talk about – uh, actions in Wisconsin and Ohio and Pennsylvania and how the Republicans in those states have done horrible things when it comes to gerrymandering and then the other states that do things when it comes to voting rights. And we have voter suppression, the issues of voter suppression that are going on in this country. Georgia's law that says you can't give people water in line is voter suppression, uh, eliminating drop-off boxes, making it harder for people to get IDs, making it uh, taking away voting hours, basically saying that, you, that, a, that a state government can overturn a decision made by a locally collected board of electors. Those are going to be topics of the videos that are going to be talked about in, uh, in the next upcoming videos in the GOP coup series, which I'll be doing around me making these gerrymandering videos. So, so what happens? I, I could put a link. Man, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a link or something on Facebook or something. Um, but yeah, it's a four video series currently, and we're going to make two, at least two more. Uh, one of them is going to focus on the July, January 6th insurrection. One of them is going to talk about uh, the laws. Um, and then one of them might, I don't know if the voting law, the laws one with like Georgia's laws and Texas laws and stuff like that. I don't know if that's going to include also the fact that the Republican Party is blocking the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, um, which is Part of the, which is part of the problem. They're blocking legislation from being passed so that the federal government can use their 14th Amendment power. The Congress can use the power given to them by the 14th Amendment to make sure that individuals have equal protection under the law, including their having their rights to vote protected. Because it says several times in the Constitution, the words right to vote exists. And I say that in the video too. So, I was contacted by a company called Level Field. Level Field aims to kind of give smaller people the power of bigger money in politics. And we've had a, a bunch of conversations that have been going on, you know, without me talking about it on the air. Um, and because, you know, apparently when they talked to me, they looked for like progressive radio stations and they searched for like liberal progressive radio stations or radio shows or podcasts. In the state of Louisiana, I was the first to show up. And I was like, 
whoa, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. So, and they have other projects that are going on as well. Um, Zeddy's three dogs. Hey, Dan, I was number two on up thumbs for you. Like, thank you, Zeddy's. Let's see. Let's see. So we got, here we go. Stop the coup. So if you go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com, that is stopthecoup.liberaldan.com, you will find this website. It brings you to stopthecoup.levelfield.net. Uh, current issue is gerrymandering and protect the vote. It gives you the option to make a contribution. 5, 10, 25, 50, or whatever you would like to do. You could share it on social media or email the links. So the details, I'll just read it straight from the site. Um, For over 10 years, the GOP has implemented a strategy that seeks to retain power despite it waning in popularity. The GOP coup has been implemented via gerrymandering, so-called voter ID laws, containing many provisions unrelated to the showing of the identification of vote and stacking the courts to uphold these laws and make challenges against them more difficult. The GOP and some conservative-leading Democrats are also blocking legislation at the federal level meant to protect the right to vote. We must protect not only the right to cast a ballot, but the right to have one vote counted and have equal weight of the vote of others. Redistricting must be performed in a nonpartisan way to guarantee that the people's house is truly reflected of the will of the people, the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act and other such laws must be passed to counteract the very ways that the Republican Party has restricted. Your donation will help fight disinformation about these so-called voter ID laws. Your donation will help advocate for the passage of laws at the state and federal levels to protect voting rights. Your donation will help to replace elected officials who actively deny people the power of their vote and replace them with people who truly respect of the election process. So join us and help stop the coup. So you can help us level the playing field. Uh, Supporting this campaign, we can force our politicians to act. Contributions are not self-tax deductible. Uh, Political advertising paid for by level field. So what's going on? Basically, um, say what you like about super and what, what they exist and what they can do and just PACs in general, um, it's kind of, I'm of, of the opinion of don't hate the player, hate the game. And I believe that, you know, if, if they're going to be able to use these things, then we should be able to use them too. And whatever they means, take it to believe what If you believe they means Republicans, if Republicans are using it, the Democrats are using it too. They means rich. If the rich people can use it, we should be able to leverage these tools as well. And that's what we're going to do here. That's at least my intent with this project, with to stop the coup, to go ahead and say, um, now we can do any, we're be able to do anything that is legal Superbex. So I'll be flat out clear what I can't do. I can't just, you know, take the money that gets donated and give it to a candidate. That, that, that's right out. That's not allowed. So we can't do that. But when you contribute to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com, you can, you will help us, you know, we'll, and we're going to, we're going to, not going to do this. I'm not going to do this alone. So people, you know, I'll be able to get like the email addresses of the people who do make contributions and we'll be able to do things like maybe we'll make a, maybe I'll include a part of the Liberal Dan radio 
uh, Discord. Well, maybe we'll make a, dis- a new Discord channel for stopping the coup. One of the two. Or maybe we'll just have a channel on Discord only for people who contribute uh, to the Stop the Coup uh, level field project. And the people there can have discussions as to what they feel is important when it comes to uh, eliminating gerrymandering, about who does gerrymandering the worst. Where do we want these funds to go? Uh, are they going to go to another super PAC that does support candidates, that do support candidates who are trying to um, end gerrymandering, trying to stop uh, these uh, draconian Republican voter laws, these so-called voter ID laws that contain uh, many provisions that have nothing to do with the requirements of providing ID to show that you're who you say you are to vote. These other non-ID provisions that I take issue with. And despite every single time that I say that my problem with these so-called voter ID laws are the are provisions that have nothing to do with providing a voter ID and about the other ones, someone always asks, what's wrong with asking for an ID? I'm, I'm not criticizing that part of the law. I'm criticizing the other parts of the law, the other parts that are not, have nothing to do with showing a voter ID to vote. It's the other parts. It's the, it's the you know, stopping certain means of voting based on racial preferences, what they did in North Carolina. It's making sure that the line to vote is, you know, longer in black districts or democratic leaning districts than it is in white districts, that you cram lots of black precincts into one voting place and make it ridiculously long to vote, make it as uncomfortable as possible, and then make it so that you can't give them food or water um, to be able to make sure, you know, even a friend can't come up under the terms of this law a friend can't come up and say, hey, man, you've been waiting in for a while. Here's the McDonald's. Nope. You've just violated the new Georgia law, SB202. So the Republicans are trying to make it hard for people to um, vote. Now, Texas, for example, just saw this the other day. Texas, nine out of ten new Texas voters, or it might even be nine out of ten new, new Texas residents, are non-white. They're minority black and brown people, as some people say. But they have had no increase in representation in Congress despite this. Now, Republicans will often hypocritically talk about how um, these, how, how, you know, we let people into Texas and, and, and uh, they cry about it and, you know, they don't have the ability to vote if you're not a citizen. But what happens is you end up having non-resident, non-citizen residents being counted in districts to help give a weight, give weight. You'll chop up, like let's say, let's say you'll have a, a, an area of town that, that's mostly Hispanic. They'll chop up that Hispanic area so it's to, to pad non-voters, if, especially if there's a lot of non, to pad non-voters in other districts so that you can have a district that's like 40% Republican 40% non-voter and 20% Democrat. Oh, there you go. Even though you have a minority of the district, of, of the people in the district, you, have, you, you now have a seat in Congress. That's called cracking when you're, when you're, when you're doing gerrymandering. That's cracking. Or there's the other way. There's stacking, where you shove all of the minorities into one district and give them like a 95% chance of winning. You know, they have a, or 95 or 100% chance of winning because you, it's like, always like 95 to 5 in that district. Then you make the other districts like 65, 45, or, you know, I mean, 55, 45. So it's closer, 
but still safe enough so that the Republicans are always going to win. So that's, that, that's, how the, that's the other tactic of gerrymandering. Austin, Texas has a situation where I believe every single elected official statewide, statewide, but citywide in Austin are Democrats. So it's a Democratic city, but of the four congressional seats that represent Austin, only one's a Democrat. The rest of the people are shoved into other districts to kind of like, okay, here's a couple of Democrats to fill out this district that's mostly Republican. Here's a bunch of Democrats, but it's mostly Republican. So you're ta- they're taking away the power. And the presented Texas plan of redistricting this year has only worked to help keep their power base and not worked to help draw the lines in a fair way. So um, what I what I had there's a mat, there's a game a board game called the Map Maker, and we had the we had the creators of the Map Maker game on the show in the past. I think they're from Austin as well. Um, no, and, and we 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 discussed strategies, of ways that you can draw lines that are more beneficial, uh, that that will that can better represent the people. Like one of it is let's say so you, let's say you, you draw straws. You have the republic if you, the Republicans and the Democrats are the two majority parties in the state, and there's no other main party that that that, that competes or whatever. So let's say you you have one party draw all of the all of the seats. One party draws all of the seats in on the map, and then the other party picks one of them and says, "That's my seat. I will. I, I, we will. We will take keep this seat." Then you erase the rest of the lines, and then the one that just picked, then draws the rest of the district. So, okay, these are going to be our drawings, and the uh, the Democrats know. The other party goes, "Okay, we're going to take that seat," and you erase the rest of the lines, and you just draw one, pick one. You just alternate who draws one, alternate who picks one, and then. At the end of the day, you end up having a more fair voting process. Now, in my mind, and I'm not advocating for this yet. I'm not advocating for this yet. But in my mind, it would be better to just limit it. We don't need congressional districts at all. We could potentially just elect slates of candidates. And if the, and if the slates want to be geographically located within a state, fine. They, that, they can do that. If, if you're in Louisiana and you want to make a New Orleans Democrat slate and try and elect people and, and enough people vote to have one New Orleans Democrat slate of candidates picked, cool. Then you get one. And then if you want to have the other Louisiana Democrats make another slate so you could have a second one, cool. Do that too. Maybe you might even get a third one or maybe you might even open the door with slates of candidates to have like a third party jump in and say, okay, well, we have enough votes in Louisiana for maybe the, maybe the Republican party wins two, maybe the tea party or whatever wins one, maybe the green party wins. I don't know, but that's not part of this, but that's just me talking about what my idea would be. But we, we clearly need to do better than partisan redistricting, redistricting of states because the partisan redistricting of states is making it so that the Republicans have an unfair advantage. And once we go through, we're going to go through with my series of videos that I'm making that I talked about about a half an hour ago at this point. Um, the, with the gerrymandered videos, the first set of videos is, are only going to talk about the congressional seats. Because once you do that, you then got to do a deeper dive into how the states and the state legislatures are gerrymandered. 
because like Wisconsin, I believe you have like a super majority of Republican Cong- uh, legislators in the Wisconsin legislature with a Democratic governor. And I think if you look at the amount of people in the state of Wisconsin that voted for Democrats in the state legislature or for state legislators, you'll see that, that a majority of them voted for Democrats. But the Republicans retained the majority in representation in the legislature because of the way the maps were drawn. And Republicans always want to talk about free and fair elections when they, when they talk about you know requiring a voter ID and then shoving in all the other non-voter ID requirements into those so-called voter ID laws. But you cannot claim to have free and fair elections. You can't, compl- you can't claim to want to promote election integrity if you purposely draw the lines in such a way that gives your party undue say in, the, in either the state legislatures or Congress. It, you can't do it. It's impossible to you're, – you're, you're taking away the power of somebody's vote. And, and I'm very clear in when I'm talking about this. When I'm talking about this project here, it's not just about the right of somebody to vote and protecting the right to vote. It's about protecting the power of everyone's vote and making sure that the power is as equal as possible. So, And that's what I'm going to try and do with this. That is what I'm going to try and do with this project is I'm going to try and seek and get contributions. And if you support this project, I urge you to go ahead and contribute to it. Five bucks. If you can only give five bucks, cool. If you can give 50 bucks, cool. Thousand bucks, cool. Um, but if you can't give anything, just like I suggest, if you can't, if you can't support the Patreon for the channel, the at least the least you could do is subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow me on my other other social media platforms. If you can't afford it, and there are plenty of people who can't afford to give money, and that's fine. I don't judge you for it. Times are tough, but if you can't afford to to contribute and support this cause, I'm asking you to share the link, share stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Make sure that other people who also care about to see this. So we can do what's right. We can try and regain some power as little people, as people who traditionally don't have the power, who, because too many, too, for too long, the wealthy and, and the, and the oh, hyper-influential folks have abused these systems, and we've been left out to dry. And that's what Level Field is trying to do. And if, you have, if you're also somebody who does like podcasting and stuff like that, and if you're an influencer – uh, on, on whatever social media platforms you might have, I would say, absolutely, please go ahead and, you know, contact me and let me know. Maybe I can get you involved in, in contact with them to see if, if you can use your platform to help promote uh, whatever you want to do as well. But I don't know, do I have a caller? No, one, no, I don't have a caller. I, I haven't been on that page <laughs> to look at whether or not I had a caller or not. So, um, but yeah, you know, the best thing you can do is just share it with other people. So we have a lot of comments in the chat. So let's go ahead and scroll back on the chat to see. Um, let's see. It's always happened Finkel ride right. It's always happened. Politics is a nasty game. There's no good guy in politics. 
Well, I think there are some good people in politics, but, you know, again, it's always happened in politics, but we should seek to reduce it. You know, appeal to tradition is a logical fallacy. If we can try and stop gerrymandering, if we can try and make sure that everybody's vote has as equal power as it can possibly have, then we should be trying to do so. And that's what I'm going to try and do with stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. And furthermore, if this works out, if this turns out to be something that's successful, if, if, we, can get, if, if we can get some funding coming into this thing and be able to you know, influence voters around the country and be able to say, hey, we have, you know, we have a real opportunity here to, to, to really promote change with Liberal Day and Radio and with this project, there's nothing stopping me from making another one. Like maybe the next one will be move the house left. Maybe that that's something that I focused on in the, in the last election. That was one of my themes of the show before the last election, beyond just supporting the election or of Joe Biden over Donald Trump. The other thing was, you know, wanting to encourage people to move the house left. And that means not just electing progressives in some districts. It means also electing moderates in areas where Republicans are winning as well. So allowing more moderates in to the party to make sure that Congress moves left. And, you know, Manchin is a problem. And it's possible that maybe some of these ads might play in West Virginia to urge, you know, to urge, tell voters to call their senator and let them know that they want the Voting Rights Act passed, that they want to end gerrymandering, that they want to stop the filibuster from preventing uh, people's rights from being protected. You know, that's one of many things that could possibly be done. And, you know, and I'm new to a lot of this. I think I have a pretty good understanding of what's going on with it. But, you know, if I get anything wrong, we're just going to, again, again, clarify. If I get anything wrong about what I can technically do with this is that we're always going to follow the law. I'm not doing this by myself. They have a team behind them at Level Field as well, including a legal team that's going to make sure that we don't do anything and we don't spend money in a way that's going to violate a federal or state election laws when it comes to campaign financing or anything else. So, you know, I'm not trying to do this by myself. I wouldn't even dream of doing this by myself. The, the team at Level Field are going to be helping make sure that we get this right as well. So, Big shouts out to them and for, for reaching out, and I, I really appreciate it. And I've been excited about this for weeks, um, and, and, I, and I've just been biting my lip the entire time because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know when it was going to happen, and then the storm comes, and I had to evacuate for Ida, and I got miserably tired, and they might have thought I gave up on it. But I was like, no, I really want to do this, just I need some time to get back into the right set of mind. Anyway, let's see. Demonox, that's like saying murder happens. We don't need to change laws exactly. Uh, Finkel, wide right, agreed. Let's call out BS on both sides. And I do here on Liberal Day and Radio. And you will see when I make this gerrymandering video, I'm going to say, I'm going to point out that there are states that are Democratic controlled, that have too much Democratic representation for their population. And I will point that out as well as pointing out the ones of of the Republicans who do it. So I'm not just going to sit here and say, well, let's only criticize the Republicans do it. I will criticize the Democrats to do it as well. I criticized every Democrat who was in the Senate when they pulled the crap on the nuclear option for the filibuster way back when, because they were hypocrites when they were saying the Republicans shouldn't do this. 
But then they did it themselves, which proved themselves to be hypocrites. And then the Republicans also proved themselves to be hypocrites. So they're all hypocrites. And I have no problem calling out hypocrisy on my own side. But I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say that we're, we're not going to – I'm not going to say that this is going to be you – know, this is going to be trying to fight gerrymandering. And, and at the end of the day, when it comes to voter suppression and gerrymandering, it's the Republicans that are doing it much worse. Just look at my GOP coup videos that I've created on the channel here on Liberal Day and Radio uh, or YouTube.com slash Liberal Day and Radio. Let's see. We'll get flagged, Dan, if we, pro- if we promote protect the vote. Get flagged by who? Trump? Trump would be like, you're, you're, you're not good followers of our – we're going we're gonna to de- excommunicate you from, from, our, from our party because you, you want fair voting. Let's see. Sounds like they have a strong focus on desired goals. Hard to navigate neoliberalism when trapped inside a system without exploiting the same tools. Agreed. Uh, Dems are better at playing the game. That's why you don't see it. I think that's a little bit of a stretch there. Um, the Republicans, I think, are really good at playing. This is the problem with, between Republicans and Democrats. Republicans are very good at being hypocrites. Hypocrisy is a prerequisite of being in the Republican Party, especially elected officials in the Republican Party, I should say. Why? Uh, because they can do it flat out in the air. They can do it. And their voters don't care. Their voters absolutely don't care. As long as they're owning the libs, the, the, they, their Republican voters don't care if there's hypocrisy. But they'll sure as hell call out the hypocrisy on the Democratic side. Um, let's see. Zeddy's three dogs, bad enough mail-in vote. That's destroying America. There are states that do 100% mail-in vote that are fine. In fact, Colorado is one of those states. I talked about Colorado when I was going over the, some of those, those numbers that I already crunched when it came to gerrymandering. Colorado, if you look at the number of people that voted for Biden and the number of people that voted for Trump, Colorado has the exact number of Democrats and the exact number of Republicans representing Colorado that it should. See, see that. So that Colorado does mail-in voting, and Colorado – we're going to have to – part of the videos will be how Colorado – we'll look at how Colorado does their line drawing when it comes to congressional districts versus other states to see if there's partisan politics at play or is it more fair? Is it more does – it, does it look at it and say, hey, this is, this is what we uh, – this is what – you know, we do, and we're much better at it than other states where it's purely partisan. Let's see. Brian Deminox, if anything, mail-in is more secure. Uh, Zeddy's Three Dogs says, illegals are the new vote. Uh, there's no such thing as an illegal person. There are people who might be here in violation of our immigration policies, but it is also a requirement that if you're going to declare asylum, that you have to do so on our soil. So, and it's not illegal to declare asylum. They're playing games on rooms where we don't sit. This is why the military does melon. You can't vote illegally. There you go. Um, Zeddy's Three Dogs asks, how did Joe Biden get uh, $81 million to vote? Because Donald Trump was that bad of a president. That's why Joe Biden got 81 million people to vote for him. Because Donald Trump, I mean, my grandparents loved Joe Biden. They supported him his entire political career. They, they liked him as an individual. They liked his policies. 
And some of Joe Biden's policies were wrong with, with hindsight. But guess what? He was that much better of a choice than Donald Trump because Donald Trump was a horrible president. And you, so that's why, that's why Joe Biden could just campaign from his basement for a while in the middle of COVID and get 81 million votes because you don't need stadiums full of COVID people killing Herman Cain to, uh, to win elections. You just need people who come out to vote on election day or who come out to vote early like you can in many states. Uh, so the aspect of redlining not only leads to systemic poverty, allows more effective gerrymandering Republicans enforce poverty to keep political power. Yep. Uh, Demonox, in order to vote, you need to be on the list. In order to be on the list, you need to be registered. In order to register, you need to file the correct paperwork. If you're an undocumented immigrant, then you could walk into the election area, and then when you're not on the list, you get turned away. There you go. Uh, Finkel, right. Enforce poverty, how? That's conspiracy theory. No. I encourage you, Finkel, right, to go look at redlining. Go go do some education. Educate yourself. <laughs> Do, do your own research, as, as the conservatives might say, and look at what redlining is, what it does, and how it, has, how it has worked to perpetuate poverty in urban communities. Um, let's see. Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. What does enforcing property look like? Uh, inner cities? Um, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. We, we, we skipped... We skipped a bunch for some reason. I don't know where where I left out, where it stopped. Dan, it sounds like you want a monarchy. Where did I ever say that I wanted a monarchy? No. <laughs> no, I didn't say that at all. Where? What did I say, Zeddy's Three Dogs, that suggests that I want a monarchy? All right, so here we go. Back to catching up to where we were. Um, basic economics, Finkel, have you read up on economics, property values, and costs leading to certain classes living in specific areas? Free market at work manipulated by systemic poverty. And then the problem is that after all the redlining takes place and the property values crash, then you have the other people coming in and scooping up all the neighborhoods that for cheap and then renovating them for cheaper than it should be able to. Um, uh, word, brain fart. Um, and uh, someone will say it. And then the people who historically live in those neighborhoods have to move, which often means they're moving further away from where they have to work, which means it costs them more money to get to work, uh, which means they have less money to do on other things. So they, they're stuck in a cycle of, uh, of marginalization. They're stuck in a cycle of, of poverty. They, 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 they don't have the ability to be upwardly mobile. Let's see. School districts based on wealth is enforced poverty. Yep. Um, Demonox asking for fair representation isn't a monarchy. Correct. Um, <clears throat> how do I donate, Dan? If you think I'll divide right. The way to donate is if you donate is to go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Um, it should be on. If you go to liberaldan.com or if you go to the blog talk radio page, I think even if you go to the description of this video right now, I think there is a link to, um, to the stopthecoup.liberaldan.com website, so you'll be able to make a contribution there. Um, let's see. I appreciate 
Sadie Sims that you'll share and find somebody to support. Um, it would be nice to have our votes actually count. Um, how do I throw you some change again? Find the link. Uh, gerrymandering is not the prime cause of poverty. It's not the prime cause of poverty, but by but here's the thing: when you gerrymander and you cause um, the the end effect of gerrymandering right now is that you wind up having a lot of white conservatives having disproportionate power as compared to their makeup of the population, you're taking away, you're making sure that black people don't have as much power. Black people are already disproportionately poor. If the poor people are disproportionately represented in Congress, especially if urban folks who are poor are disproportionately represented in Congress, then they're not going to have the power to make the changes that they need to, to, to impact their communities like they would. Meanwhile, you know, you, some might argue, well, there's some conservatives who are also poor. You know, that's true. There are a high number of, like, white conservative Republicans who, like, collect food stamps and live in, you know, trailers and are, are very poor. But they've been convinced, the conservative voter, the conservative individual here in this country or in sometimes during the Confederacy when it existed, have always been able to be convinced that they are – Someday they might, if they just work hard, that they'll be able to one day too, be it, you know, be rich or be successful or own slaves if you're part of the Confederacy. Um, they, they've been convinced that if all they need to do is to stop these people from coming and taking their opportunity away, that they'll have the opportunity to rise up. Meanwhile, the economies of scale make it very impossible for those people to also become upwardly mobile. But what you also do by making black people disproportionately poor is that you also end up with a situation where, you know, the, the people who are the poor white folks are basically saying, well, at least I'm not them. And therefore, as long as they have somebody to look down on, then they don't feel as bad about themselves. Let's see. Congress is left hell. How much more do you want it? Uh, Congress is currently only 50% controlled by Democrats in the Senate. It's just a hair of majority just because of the vice presidency. Furthermore, there's the difference in the, you know, the amount of people that voted in in 2020. And now the number of seats have shrunk since the election because of you know, Democrats being appointed to positions, thus needing to create special elections so that those seats aren't currently filled at the moment. Plus, you have the fact that the way that the seats are gerrymandered the Republicans have, at least I think by my calculations, and this is a big spoiler alert uh, for the end of the video series, but y'all get to see it because y'all are listeners and y'all watch Liberal Day Radio Talk for Left. That's right. There is a, at least a five, currently a five vote advantage, a five seat advantage for Republicans at, in looking at the last election. And there have been other elections where it's been much worse. But there's, if, if you look at the percentage of people that voted for Biden and the percentage of people that voted for Trump, and then you look at the congressional makeup of the House as it is right now or how it was in 2020 when it was, when it was elected or when they took office, and then you compare that to what it should be, there's at least five less Democrats than there should be based on the amount of people that came out and voted. It's as simple as that. So, and that's one of the things that stopthecoup.liberaldan.com is going to try and do is we're going to try and rectify that situation. We're going to try and make sure that the, that the power of people's votes are strengthened. And we're also going to try and make sure that the ability of 
people to vote is also strengthened. And when I say the ability of people to vote, citizens of this country. Citizens, of, if you're a citizen of this country with the right to vote, you should be able to cast a ballot easily. Easily. It should be simple. You shouldn't give, be given roadblocks. You shouldn't be forced. You know, you have a situation where they reduced, in early voting, they reduced the number of hours that, in Georgia, that early voting has to be open. They reduced those hours. Now, they've enabled them in Georgia to increase it at a precinct level as they decide. But what they've also done in Georgia is enable the state government to come in and nuke any local decision made by a local county board. So if a Democratic county board, let's say DeKalb County, decided that they're going to open from 7 to 7, and they're going to so to make sure that people have more time to vote, the state can be, be like, no, sorry, we don't, disagree, we don't agree with that. You're stuck, to do, you're stuck 9 to 5. Meanwhile, you could have a conservative county say, well, we're going to be open from 7 to 7, and then, and then they go, no, we're not going to change that. We're fine with it. So you can have a situation. Now, are you going to – that's the thing. Conservatives are going to make us wait for that situation to happen and then complain because they're like, well, there's no proof that it will happen. Well, it shouldn't be able to happen. So let's stop it. Let's stop the possibilities. We, we, but they don't want to do that. They want to make sure that they have those possibilities there. Um, in Ohio, I want to say it was way back when, maybe like 2012, um, you had a situation where they were trying to determine voting hours and each county board had two votes, two Democrats, two Republicans. And if the, if the board was tied, the secretary of state broke the tie in each of those counties. So you had a situation where um, they were trying to determine the voting hours. Well, the voting hours in the Republican counties, the Democrats said, no, we're not going to expand. And, or the, even the Democrats might have said, yes, we're going to expand. Well, we're fine with expanding it. And then it was for nothing. If it happened for nothing, then fine, you expanded the votes. But even if they didn't, then the, the, the Secretary of State would be like, okay, I'm breaking the tie. We're extending the voting period. But then in Democratic counties, you had the Republicans say, nope, we're not extending the voting time. And the Secretary of State said, nope, we're not extending the voting time. But situa- real situations that happened in Ohio where Republicans were allowed to have more time to vote than Democrats. I mean, it's right out there wide in the open, and they, and they don't care because they know they can get away with it because nobody calls them out on their BS. And guess what? We're going to be calling them out on their BS. That's one of the things that we're going to be doing with this, to protect the vote. And by protecting the vote, it's not just about protecting liberal. It protects everybody's vote by making sure that everybody has the ability to cast a ballot that, when they're supposed to, to make sure that everybody's say is fair and equal, that helps. That, that means everybody gets the same vote, and that's positive for everybody. So I'm not trying to take un, I'm not trying to take away power so that so that the Democrats have an unfair advantage. I'm trying to take away the Republicans' preset unfair advantage. Let's see. Congress is like NASCAR going so left, says that he's three dogs. Yeah, whatever. Um, let's keep going down. There's single ride right. There's a society we have to protect. This is why large cities don't have electric representation that rural areas do. What? I don't understand what that means. Um, 
It sounds like what Demodox is saying, less people deserve more representation. That's part of the reason why I support adding seats to Congress, because you're, Wyoming has unfair say in everything federal-wise, federal and some of it's by design because of the two votes in the Senate, but the, the congressional the, the original founding fathers never wanted that to be that different. That to ha- they wanted the House of Representatives to be the people's house. They wanted it to be an equitable and fair representation of the population of each state. Now, you can't do what they had and what have it like what one out of every ten thousand votes or whatever representative vote in Congress or whatever or whatever it was, whatever the amount was back then. I have to look it up. Um, but back then, you know, you had shorter ones, and you also needed congressional districts back then because states were so big and transportation was not as easy as it is today. Um, but you know, now that we have easier means to to get around. You know, we don't necessarily need those districts. But again, that's not, that's not what we're talking about with Stop the Coup. It's just my pet peeve. But, you know, with Wyoming, you know, if you're going to have congressional districts the size of Wyoming, then the congressional districts, then we should need 100 more congressional districts to make up for that fact. And, and people in Wyoming shouldn't get to have more say or disproportionate say just because they're from Wyoming. Um for the people, of the people, by the people, more people, more representation. You're trying to say the minority deserves more say is what Demonox is criticizing Finkel for. Um, this isn't about minority. Oh, it's scrolled up on me again. Um, there you go. Gentrification is the word I was looking for. Thank you, Demonox. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Um Single to right, this is about minority, but strong country, you need innovation and value. I don't know what that has to do with uh, people and, and how we draw lines. You, draw, you, you get value by making sure that everybody has equal representation. Um, so giving more rights to votes to, as was a direct result of white slave owners saying that they would be outnumbered unless they got more votes. That's why you had the three-fifths compromise, because they wanted more say based on the fact that they own slaves. So, hey, we have more bodies here. We should have more say in Congress. In reality, they should have, had, they should have gotten any say for the people that they didn't want to count as citizens. But instead of counting whole people, black people's whole people, they gave them three-fifths. They treated black people as three-fifths of a person for white slave-owning states to have more say in Congress. And then otherwise, they just treated them as if they weren't people. So that's 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 how that's how the slave states got disproportionate power from then and then and there. Another big mistake that we probably made in this country was as we expanded out, we allowed all these low population states to be created. That's another issue, but that's not going to be as easily changed with this. So we're not going to necessarily go there, but. Being able to create lots of small states all throughout the Midwest has given uh, the Republicans an unfair advantage in the Senate. Um, it is what it is. I'm so, wait, I'm sorry. I, I, that's, I've trampled all over poor, poor, poor Donnie's line. And, and it's so far down now that I have to scroll to find it. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. <laughs> 
So, let's see. Devin Ox, I hate Biden for anything more than memes. I even voted for him because the alternate was a fascist. Um, stupid Brandon thing. Um, see, Dan thinks Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist. Tells me all I need to know, and I sided with Kenneth Walker. Um, I mean, I think did I say Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist? I don't know. Did I say that? I'm not sure. Um, let's see. You think you pay taxes, but you get a refund? I paid twenty five thousand in taxes this year. Says single wide right. Um, think I don't get a refund. I'm poor. Have you ever been poor? My guess is no. Um, I can read the tax code. Blah blah blah. Finkel assumes he he knows a bunch of people because of his touch. Finkel individuals are poor, but the system is unequal. Wait till your body breaks and you have no savings and see how much you think you're winning inequality. Uh, Finkel is claiming poor because he pays twenty five thousand a year. Math says that means Finkel makes a cool one hundred thousand minimum. Uh, so Finkel says, "No, you are poor if you earn less than twenty thousand per year, and you wouldn't pay tax." That's not necessarily true. Um, I mean, if you look at you know, how Donald Trump altered the tax plan. If you make 20000 per year gross, that means you get, you're probably getting earned income tax credit, but you, you're getting zero income. Well, if you're married, you're getting zero income. You're, 20 income a year, <coughs> 20K income per year would be about 8K income per year after the standard deduction. Um, see nobody's keeping you down i'm not bitching about the system this is confusing uh see dan i would love to change see change when blatant corruption happens i literally feel like i've been waiting for this entire of my life voting that's honest and equal and that's my that's my goal here with this sadie i want to i want I, I, I and here's the thing i can't do it alone i know i can't do it alone but i've been giving this wonderful opportunity to be able to try and use the existing structures within the existing system to try and affect change. And I'm going to try and fight for it as much as I can. And if I'm successful, I'm great. I'll be successful. And maybe I'll be able to, maybe this will be my niche. Maybe this will be the thing that I do. But if I'm not successful, then I'm not successful. Just add that to the list of things that I'm not successful about. Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Let's see. Oh, let's discuss about capitalism next. What do you want about not upset? I'm a capitalist. Social programs, great, but we cannot pay for people to sit at home. Um, I, you know, I think we should have paid for people to sit at home. Actually, what I think we should have done when it came to COVID was not increase unemployment. We should have not increased unemployment. What we should have done is we should have implemented a $300 a week stipend to everybody so that the people who could stay home because their jobs were in necessity, were in a necessity, could then also collect unemployment and have not have the stipend be considered unemployment. If you didn't have the stipend considered as, 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 as income, I mean, then you could make your unemployment and then you could also make the additional $300. Then you wouldn't be in a situation where you would lose the $300 if you made $1 too much of income as happened to some people that I know. Um, and then, by having 300 bucks a month as a stipend. And if those people who did need to go to work would have basically been able to use that $300 as hazard pay. 
And so by giving them a stipend of 300 bucks, you basically are saying, hey, we're gonna, if you need to go into work, then we're, you're going to get hazard pay in, in addition to what your normal pay is. But if you don't need to go to work, you're gonna, we're going to help you survive through the pandemic. And that would have been a better program. And that actually is something close to what I believe that we should be doing anyway. We should change the tax code in such a way that we could have everybody getting a $300 a week stipend as, as, as a uh, UBI, universal basic income, that will – that doesn't count against unemployment. So if you lose your job, you get more money than just what unemployment gives you. But if you have a job, then you're going to, and you work for somebody that can't afford to pay the $15 an hour per se, no, can only give you minimum wage. You still end up getting around $15 an hour. And then as you advance, you know, eventually as, if, as you get higher and higher in income, your taxes then will pay for some of those taxes will, will, will pay for those initial benefits that you came in. So, but, so you'll never be in a situation where you, Earning one dollar loses you less than a dollar of income. So, but again, that's not related to what we're talking about right now. But I do want to respond. Conversations tend to go all over the place. Um, Finkel, right? Technically, we haven't tried the free market. Uh, nobody has tried the free market. Finkelwine, right? Nobody has. It's just not not some. There's no country in this planet that has tried a pure free market, and there's no pure socialism either. A hybrid system would be wonderful. A uh, hybrid system is what, you know, we have. And some people want that system to be more socialist. Some people want the system to be less socialist. I, I think that there are, you know, there are certain things that I have no problem on a general speak, speaking area of talking when some of it may be like Uber and Lyft, you know, not a necessity, perhaps a luxury, fine, use, use, use capitalism as long as you're not exploiting people which maybe Uber and Lyft isn't the best example because as a former Uber and Lyft driver, I've seen some of the exploitation of the workers going on. So there's, there's that issue. But, um, but if you want to use simple supply and demand for things that are not, not necessities and, and then to determine what the prices of those things would be, like PlayStations or Xboxes or Switches or you know, computers, gaming computers, whatever, fine. Let the free market determine that out. Like capitalism – you know, not unregulated capitalism, but let capitalism run its course. But don't let capitalism trample over third world countries uh, and trample over impoverished people and work people to the bone for, for pennies on the dollar in order to make sure that these companies can get their billions and shoot actors in the space. When it comes to things like, you know, the owner of Nestle, the CEO of Nestle saying that people don't have a right to water, that's capitalism and that's wrong and that's immoral and unethical. Let's see. Banks truly pay rich people to stay at home, yeah? Um, let's see. Rich people invest and live off their returns. That's called risk. And it's not necessarily called risk because we, banked, we, we, we bailed Wall Street out when they took risks and they failed. If we really had a, a free market system and not have socialism, we wouldn't have bailed out the banks. But we bailed out the banks. We bailed out the rich people. We can bail out the poor people. Um, it's an effort worth trying and thank you for bringing it to our attention I appreciate it and thank, I, I know I, I can believe in y'all and I know y'all will support it more than you need which I appreciate and I love y'all for it and you'll probably support it and share it more than anybody else most other people will anyway but maybe I'll be wrong maybe other people will jump on it too and I'll appreciate y'all for doing it as well um, let's see. 
raising minimum wage will put more out of work. Why single ride right will put raising minimum wage put more people out of work? I don't believe that statement is true one bit. Um, you are worth the value that you bring. You can't substantiate $15 an hour. Good luck. I would argue the other side. If you can't, if you can't justify, if you can't pay people a living wage without have, for working full time without having them, them having to rely on government subsidies, then maybe you don't deserve to be in business in the first place. That would be my counter argument to, to if you can't substantiate $50 an hour, good luck. What I'm saying is the argument is that there is a certain amount of labor that can be done, that needs to be done to, if there's a current demand for a product, why? Let's say the demand is why. Um, I'm probably using the wrong X and Y for that, but let's say the, the demand, we have a current demand X, um, we'll switch to X then. Current demand is that, or actually, why is demand? And X is the price, I think. Yes. So you have current demand Y of, of, of a certain good. And in order to meet that demand, you need to hire Y number of, or X number of workers out to work X, or workers to work X number of hours. Let's just say it that way. So if your demand is a certain amount for your products and you need X number of worker hours to take place, then if $15 goes up, then how are they going to justify firing people? How are they going to justify people letting people go? Unless they've already hired too many people to begin with. So that's why I would argue against your argument that raising the minimum wage is going to put more people out of work. Furthermore, uh, there's often the argument that's made um, that if you're, you're going to see more automation if minimum wages go up. Well, guess what? Companies are already automating when they can. There are self-checkouts in Walmart around my house. The minimum wage is still the minimum wage, but there are still self-checkouts because businesses are always going to try to automate whenever possible. They're always going to try and cut costs whenever possible. But when you have a situation where you have jobs, where you have you know, a, you know, a lot of possibility or a wide labor pool for those particular jobs, you know, I'm a software developer by day. I have more power to negotiate my salary than a person who works at Walmart does typically, like especially if you're entry level at Walmart. Um, but because they have less power, does it mean that Walmart should be able to pay them a poverty wage? Let's see. Rich people, inequality benefits me. Don't change anything. Poor people dying because rich people are narcissistic sociopaths and think everything is about them. Well, there's one person, one person would say something about that. It is what it is. Yeah, thank you, Donald. Um, let's see. Singles out of touch with reality. Diabetes stems from poverty. Like on access to healthcare is death. Um, let's see. The supplement of 300 is gone, and there's still no jobs. Proof it wasn't stopping anybody from working. There you go. Automation puts people out of work. Like reality check. It was automation, I know. So I lost my job, and I don't know the rhymes. Sorry. <laughs> Companies will hire and pay the people who can substantiate that value, but a great portion of the country will not make the cut. Um, I mean, but that's, there's also not a reason for why, why people should be forced to starve or forced to not be able to live because companies can't afford to pay them a living wage. Um, 
If you go to McDonald's, you order on computer. Yeah, there are many times on McDonald's where I have ordered on a computer. Um, and that's the thing. And McDonald's is still paying the minimum wage. They're still a minimum wage, except for the fact that now that people are not wanting to work for those slave wages and McDonald's has to uh, McDonald's has to pay higher. They're now advertising higher salaries or higher hourly wages because they know that they can't get the workers to come in for that amount of money. So it's working. The workers are revolting, uh, not in a disgusting way, but in a, in a revolt way. And they're basically saying, we're not putting up with these low wages anymore. You're going to have to pay us more if you want us to get into coming come to work. Uh, take into consideration during the natural gas boom in North Dakota, I believe that's the correct state, um, you had a situation where uh, they could not get people to work at the McDonald's or the Burger King or the Wendy's or what have you because the oil or the natural gas fields and the, the jobs that were paying the natural, natural gas fields, you could be anybody off the street come get trained and work for them and make a good amount of money. So nobody wanted to work at McDonald's or Burger King for seven fifty an hour because they could make much more than that. And in the, in the natural gas fields. So what happened? McDonald's and Burger King, Wendy's said, Hey, we're going to increase their pay. We're going to pay everybody 15 bucks an hour starting. And even more if you're a manager or whatever, and guess what the price of the price, not much. It didn't go up that much at all because there's this certain thing called price elasticity of demand. And you're, if, if the demand for the good, um, if there are substitutes for the good, and that means the demand for the good is not going to necessarily, is going to change a lot if you increase your price. If, if, you're, if you're price elastic, and if you're price inelastic, then the demand for good won't change as much. So Finkel, right, if you aren't given a handout, you will do what's needed to better yourself. Right, and, and sometimes what is needed to do to better themselves is to not work and force the job, force the companies to say, hey, we're not going to take your slave wages anymore. You need to up your pay, and that's what's happening. Um, unfortunately, sometimes people then choose to, to find money in illicit and other illegal means. I'm not justifying it, but I'm saying that's what people will do. Um, let's see, people will fight if they need to and work to support their family. You want deadbeats raising kids who don't have skills. Who said anything about deadbeats? Why does somebody have to be a deadbeat because, they, because they're getting more money for their labor? I don't want anybody. Uh, everybody who should, who can work should be able to work. And we should find work for them to do. There's plenty of jobs that we should be invest. There's plenty of infrastructure that could be built if, that we need as a country to make our country better. Um. There's a lot. Of, I heard something the other day, but there, there's there's going to be a major trucker shortage if we don't start working on getting truckers trained and and stuff like that. We're not. We're gonna. You know, we could have so much infrastructure. We could be, build a high speed rail. We could build. Um, we, we need to fix our bridges and our roads and expand our highways. There are some areas of, you know, that are like only two lane highways for ridiculous amounts of traffic. There are probably places that need new bridges because the traffic is so congested every morning. There's a lots of places that we could do infrastructure building that will, that will give people good paying jobs to do the work and people will work if they're given the opportunity to, I mean, I have no, you know, and, and like, there's not many people who are going to be like, oh, I'm just happy with this and what I have, and I'm not going to do anything else. 
people are always going to want to do more unless it harms them to do more, which is why some people chose to stay home or not do as much work because they're like, well, if I make $1 extra of unemployment, I lose 300 whole dollars of this pandemic unemployment because I'm not making at least $1 of pandemic unemployment, which is why the system was set up in a very poor way. I blame the president at the time for that. Um, but we need to basically make sure that people can survive. And, and there's, there's, which, which it comes down to, and we've had this conversation on the show before, and where I, I was like, there is no ethical billionaires out there. There, there is not one person who's become a billionaire ethically. I'm probably say even Oprah. I'm sure you could look into Oprah's finances and how she made her billions and see that there are a lot of people who, were, who made poverty wages to help Oprah become Oprah and continue to be Oprah. So we need to we, – we, uh, and look, if everybody had what they needed to survive and live and you know, not scrape by, fine. You know, then make all the money you want to make. But we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be justifying you know, poverty-based – we shouldn't be justifying having poverty because people won't be able to afford to be rich. The rich people will, plenty, will afford to be rich plenty. Um, they'll, they'll continue to afford to be rich, but we, we, we keep trying to give loopholes and, and, and bailouts and everything to them and not give it to the people who really need it. Like you're, you're more than happy giving billions of dollars of tax giveaways to billion-dollar corporations like Amazon to be able to you know, get, be incentivized to go, to, to, to go in a certain area of town, but you're not willing to write off people's student loans. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, you are worth something else. Handicapped is not in the, in the discussion. I mean, people who are disabled are always have to be part of the discussion. You have to consider who they are. And a lot of the rules that take place when it comes to disability uh, are, are do so in a way that hinders or harms people. Like, for example, if somebody is on disability um, and then they happen to marry somebody who, who makes an okay amount of money, they lose their disability, which means they lose a crap ton of benefits, which means it's, it's worth it to them to not get married because if they do get married, the, the, the spousal income is going to make them lose benefits, which is our, so our system is set up to harm people who, are, who have disabilities. Um, now, think all right, you're saying we're talking about able-bodied, able-bodied individuals who do not make any effort to take care of the family. Um, I mean, you might be talking about that. We have to talk about everybody when we're talking about income equality, when we're talking about the ability to support people. We have to take everything into consideration. Now, maybe that's just because I'm a software developer and I'm always thinking about the boundary conditions. Uh, however, um, you know, they can't just be ignored, but too often society does ignore them. And there are people who you might assume are able-bodied but are not because not all disabilities are visible. There are plenty of disabilities that are not visible, and you don't, you don't know. You don't see them. You know, but they exist and they're there, and they need to also be taken seriously, and they need to be taken into consideration as we're talking about the issues that we'd raise. If you would, oh, if you only ignore, if you only talk about the the rule and not the exceptions to the rule, <clears throat> you're going to fail to create policy that fits everybody, and policy should fit everybody. It's not always one size fits all. Um, raising the minimum wage is the only way to disable increase disabled people's income. I'm sure because it's tied to cost of living and stuff like that. Um, 
and fickle wide right i think that you might be seeing some of these issues you know some of these some of these people cuz cuz they it, it can be frustrating when you know we're trying to people are trying to say hey this is what you know we believe and you're kind of just well we don't we're not talking about those people well maybe they maybe they want to talk about those people maybe they maybe that's an issue that, that that's part of societal pay you know if we're, if we're talking about pay within our society and maybe they want to make sure that those people are taken care of um so what's your position finkel just to make sure if you want somebody to make an, a, an argument against your real position what is your position state your position clearly so that i can make an argument against it if, if i disagree with it um do Disability is poverty. Same with so many elderly who work their entire lives yet connect poverty income. Richest country in the world can't support its people. That's a fail. Um, oh, single ride right is, I guess, going away. So, I mean, it's probably almost time for me to stop the show as well because we are a two-hour show right now. We're not gonna. We're probably not gonna be a three-hour show. But I think I finally caught up with the chat. And as I finally caught up with the chat, uh, Finkel decides he's gonna leave, which means that it's probably a good idea for me to go ahead and start talk, ending up the show as well. Anyway. So I can go and start doing other things. But anyway, I want to thank everybody for listening today. And everybody, I want to encourage everybody, uh, again, to please, uh, if you go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com, it'll bring you to the page that you see up here. And it'll give you the opportunity to donate. It'll give you the opportunity to share that page uh, with other people and let them know that you think it's important that we protect not only the ability of people to vote, but the power of their vote as well. Um, and so this is this is one things one of the things I'm very excited about. Very excited about talking about it today. So please, you know, share it far and wide, and let's all do this together. And we'll talk about how later in later shows how we're going to organize the people who do contribute. Maybe a Discord, maybe some other mechanism, maybe yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But that'll be a day two thing. Let's let's make sure that people start seeing this. They start getting the information that they want to, that they need to get to be able to make the contributions and they start seeing the content to see why it's important. And we have a phone call <laughs> right as I was about to end the show. We have a phone call. So I guess we're not ending the show right now anyway, because the caller wants to chat. So hello. Mm, yeah. So when are you ending your show? What? When are you ending your show? Well, I was about to end it, but you called, so I could hold off on it for a second if you have a question or a comment to be addressed. All right. Um, you're a progressive, a liberal, and you, of I... course, believe believe in what you believe, right? You believe strongly about it. Yeah, yeah I'm fairly strong in the opinions that I have. Um, okay. if, you've watched, if you've watched previous episodes of my podcast or other videos that I produced here on, on over on YouTube – um, there are some issues that I might lean more with the conservatives versus with liberals, but I, I do call myself a progressive. So there are a lot of issues okay. where I'm, I'm left on. So there you go. All right. So what I'm trying to do is uh, get together um, a debate between somebody who would volunteer to be the progressive or the liberal. Okay. And, and some conservatives I already have a conservative volunteer. I might have another one. So would you be uh, interested in participating on the liberal side? Sure. Why not? Uh, it depends, obviously, if I'm available at the particular time that you plan on doing it. <clears throat> but I'd be, 
yeah, I mean, I'm always happy to, to have an open discussion about, about the topics that you want to do. What I would suggest is send me an email, liberaldanradio at gmail.com. That is liberaldanradio at gmail.com, and we can uh, hash out the specifics uh, about what you want to talk about. And, and okay, what I'll do is this. I don't send out my emails. I don't give people my phone number. Okay. But what I do is, um, since I'll arrange it, um, can you hear me? Because I'm thinking I'm having I can hear a bad you, yeah. connection now. I can hear you. Yeah. Uh, what the okay. hell happened? I hear you. Jesus. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can everybody on anybody on YouTube hear me? It could be a blog talk radio thing because sometimes on blog talk radio, oh, we lost the caller, unfortunately. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I didn't think that was you, Finkel. I was, I was, because you were saying you were going, and then somebody else popped in, and for a brief second, I thought it might be Finkel, but then it's not. Um, but he has my email address. I gave him what the email address. Clearly, it's very easy. Liberaldayandradio at gmail dot com. If you want to email me about it, you know, me coming on anything and you know doing a debate, fine, you know, whatever it is. What? Wait, no, sorry, wait, hold on. It's not that's not my job. That's not my. Uh, that's not my line. I keep forgetting that's not my line. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Um, <laughs> anyway, so again, I would be more than happy, caller, if, if you're if you're still listening. Oh, there you go again. Let's see. Let's do a uh, let's do a Verizon. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so what I'll do what I'll do is this. We have um. There'll be three issues. It'll okay. be either the white supremacy, immigration, or the vaccines. Okay. So, um, and also be according to the way that SCOTUS arranges their particular um, interviews. It'll be interrogatory. I'll be the moderator. I like that okay. Supreme Court. And I will be interrupting people to make sure people don't meander, don't stray off the topic. So what I'll do, okay. I'll put you on my list for people who would like to volunteer, when I get people that I think will um, will actually want to do it, then I'll get together with all of you, and then we'll uh, we'll arrange it. I'm thinking about doing it on a show that I go to often because that show has uh, over 20,000 Twitter followers. So okay. that would be the incentive to be to be there because then people can get um, uh, more publicity for their own shows. So if you're um, if you're up to it, then uh, good. I'll put you on a list, and when I get some other conservatives together and some other liberals together, then I'll arrange it. I do not send people my email or get people my phone number because on the internet and on Blog Talk Radio, it's not a wise thing. <laughs> but enough. I'll get back well, to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. get back to me. Either okay. call me on the show or send me a tweet. You can tweet at me, I guess, if you want, if you want to do it that way. Whatever. However you want to get in contact with me, there's plenty of ways to do so. So, um, you can even leave a message on the on the, the liberaldan.com on this episode's thread, where you can give me more details as well if you want as well. Anyway, so but thank you very much for the offer, and I look forward to to seeing where it goes. I do appreciate you, and uh, you have a good rest of your night. You too. Take care now. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. So there you go. There, there. Sometime in the near future, I may also be doing a uh, debate type uh, discussion about issues. One of, or at least one or more of those issues. So 
There's another thing to look forward to. Uh, caller has a sexy voice. Give me them digits, baby. I have the I had the digits right in front of me, but I I would be wrong in in giving out those digits without his consent because you know consent is key. Consent is a very important thing, and Liberal Dan Radio supports consent. And and I'm very disappointed that you would say that the caller had a sexy voice. You should say the host has a sexy voice. It might not be the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast, but you know I can say mind your butter. <laughs> Shout out to my little brother, the host of the most Nimbus with the podcast, as well as all the Liberal Dan and Radio patrons at the time, including Chris, Cesar, and the first Demonox. So, again, I very much appreciate everybody listening to the show today. Again, share, go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com, share it with your friends. Uh, there's buttons there where you can go ahead and tweet it and add it to all of your social media accounts as well. And uh, if you can't afford to give, I love you all for it. If you can't, just forward it on to other people. Say, hey, this is a really cool thing that my friend's trying to do. Uh, let's go ahead and do it. This is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. I'll be back next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan and youtube.com slash Radio. Well, we will continue this next week. I'll give you an update of how this is going, perhaps, and we'll talk about all the issues of the day. Until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Off from the left. That's right.